Adam Curry, John C. Devora. Adding value to your Amy Winehouse news portfolio. This is No Agenda for Thursday, March 12th, 2009. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East in the Crackpot Command Center located in southwest London, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here, which I think I'm in the Crackpot Command Center, but I'm not the Crackpot. I mean, no, Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Dude, remember, <laughs> succinct ending, clear one, and I potted it up and everything, and still you're talking a lot. Now, what I get, it's not, you know, we're never going to get this right because we don't have a scheme. We don't have a script. We just ad lib. That's why the show is called No Agenda. Uh, indeed. Hello, everybody. It's Thursday. It is um, March 12th, 2009, streaming live across the universe, as well as recording on podcast. In the morning. Everybody, you get, I wonder why the streaming thing is so important to everybody. Because it's a whole they different listen. vibe. It's important for us too. Well, it's good. it's good to have the feedback. I agree, but well, that's it. There you go. Podcasting is generally, you know, kind of it's supposed to be location free, time constraint free. You know, download and play. Yeah, but on the other hand, you know, we are news. We are a news program. So if you hear our news a week or two late. Yeah, there's lots of gems in there that are evergreen. Right, you could topics. be dead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Speaking of evergreen, I could be dead any minute now. Some uh, guy thought this was the best intro in a while. Oh, good. Great. Good. I'm very yeah. happy. So we have three URLs I just want to mention at the top of the show. Uh, for people listening live, we have, uh, well, first of all, the stream now has its own URL, which makes a lot of sense. Duh. It's uh, noagendastream.com. You hit that, and uh, you, you, it should fire up iTunes or some other something that'll accept a stream, shoutcast stream. Then we have uh, noagendadrop.com, which is uh, the drop site that we use for um, um, you know information, links, videos, audio, etc. Uh, but it has a, a chat system built into it now, which is pretty cool. Which uh, is is filled up to the max, uh, not to the max, but is filling up quickly as we speak. And then, of course, the most important one, which we'll talk about later, noagendalibrary.com. dot com. So those are our uh, our main URLs. Ah. But were you a little messed up with the uh, with daylight savings time? Because you know, I was ready. I had it all figured out. Three three p.m. would be eight a.m. your time. You know, around ten after eight is when we usually get going. Yeah, I seem to be still. You know, I, I'm still off uh, a little bit, and I got up at eight. Instead of my normal seven, seven which is right. because of daylight, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, I haven't, uh, I usually don't, I'm usually not that con uh, kind of stuck on a cycle like that, but apparently uh, I was. So I'm late. Sorry. It's okay. I actually, I have to say, I wouldn't mind if it stayed like this. The The difference between seven hours in, uh, with London and San Francisco and eight hours and four hours with New York it's fantastic. You know, we actually overlap. There's, you know, the, the the meetings this week have been an hour earlier for me, which has been great because after the meeting, then I can, you know, get some stuff done before dinner. They don't have daylight savings in England. Oh, yes, they do. Except, uh, remember, Bush uh, moved that up by a month in 2007. So you're in a month, you're going to. Yeah, we, we catch up in a month. Is over. Yeah, yeah, we catch up in a month, which is just wacky when you think about it. You know, why did that have to be a month earlier? It's, well, who knows? The whole thing is ridiculous. <laughs> to save more energy. So the breaking news as we speak is apparently Obama's oh, seat oh. 
Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Obama's CTO's office was raided by the FBI this morning. <laughs> no way. You're, you're kidding me. No. They weren't after necessarily the CTO, but there's some guy apparently they're looking into who has an Arab name or or something. Really? I don't know. Maybe it's not really? Arab. I could, actually, it's, it's some, it may be Indonesian. I have no idea what the name is, but hmm. something's up. I didn't... Uh... I, did, I, you know, I was following two other pieces of uh, new, the big news that I was following was uh, Madoff um, going to uh, pleading guilty to eleven all eleven counts all uh, eleven charges I don't know what they all eleven are um, and, and and just laughing laughing at the pathetic coverage of CNBC and I, I checked around you know MSNBC and uh, C-SPAN was you know basically showing live stuff of the Geithner questioning today. Um, but, but everyone misses the, you know, so you got, what's his name? Larry Kudlow. 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 And he, you know, they're sitting there like, you know, well, what is going to happen? You know, so he goes in, he confesses to everything. Of course, everyone wants him to, to go to jail immediately because he's been hanging out in his penthouse, his million dollar penthouse for the past, uh, what, two million. months? Multi-million. 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 Seven, eight million dollars. It could yeah. be more than that. I see these things it's, for sale. It's, it's, it's the twenty million, twenty-five million. That's yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a shack. No, no. Um, and so first, and I've been following this throughout the week. I don't know if you've followed any of it, John. But the first thing was, well, you know, is he going to do a plea bargain? Is he going to do a deal, which would basically mean in the American justice system, you say, hey, you know what? I'll rat out some other guys. And then you um, you give me a break, and then I don't have to go to jail for 150 years, or I can go to a not a maximum security prison or club fed, as many well, would be calling it. Well, he's going to go to club fed club anyway. Fed, let's yeah. face it. Well, but I've I've latched on to. Uh, I believe that everything has gone entirely according to script, mm. because I've figured out what's uh, what what this is all about and why you, it is, you've deconstructed the I, script. I have deconstructed, <laughs> reverse engineered the script that he's executing his lines for perfectly. Uh. So, of course, you, you the guy goes into the courthouse. He says, I'm guilty on all 11 counts. I'm guilty. So that's it. There's there's no hearing. That's end of story. You know, there's, there, there's no, no trial necessary. <laughs> it's okay. Done. All right. Now, of course, there's this minor issue of, you know, the $67 billion that has gone missing. Um, and, you know, what exactly was the extent of his crime? So that, of course, plays into sentencing. So how do you sentence a guy like Madoff, John? Well, Considering the international nature of the entanglement of his Ponzi scheme. Well, they got it. Well, you know, one of the theories that's going around the talk radio scene is that Madoff is pleading guilty and wants to get into jail as fast as he can to get to be safe from assassination attempts. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you what they're saying. Yes, that is oh. exactly what's going on around mm -hmm. talk radio. Okay, but I'll, I'll tell you what's what is actually happening. Okay, but before you do, okay, then I'll come up with a, I'll see if I can come up with something more interesting. You won't. <clears throat> what is happening at this very moment and where this is headed now that sentencing is supposed to be somewhere in June there will... Is it, what, wait, wait, why does it take so long? Well, I'm going to tell you why. So the judge is going to say either before 
the sentencing in June or on the sentencing, he's going to say at a certain point, you know what, this is just too complicated. There's no way, you know, the judicial system as it is right now and this court and whatever bullshit he's going to come up with, we can't figure it out. We're not quite sure how to sentence him. We're not quite sure how to move forward. Enter the International Financial Court, which is now a uh, a big push being made by 45 law firms in conjunction with the IMF to create the IFC, the International Financial Court. (laughs) The number one law firm pushing for this, leading this group, is McCarter and English. McCarter and English are counsel, i.e. the lawyers, to Madoff whistleblower Harry Markopoulos. Remember, Harry Markopoulos, um, we discussed that on the show, he led a special uh, special forces team uh, for the military. So this guy like a like a Navy SEAL type deal. And now he wants to push for the creation of the International Financial Court so that they can take the sentencing part into the IFC and the bankers, because that's what it'll consist of, the bankers are going to become the law. So it makes perfect sense that Madoff just said, oop, just play along, make it very difficult. I'm not going to fight anything. There's going to be no drawn-out uh, um, court case here because I just say, go ahead. I'm guilty of everything. You go figure it out, how you want to punish me, how you want to follow up with your sentencing. And then in pop these lawyers, and they're going to say, they're already saying, we need to create the International Financial Court. And this will be proposed, and I believe announced, at the G20 meeting in London coming up. United Nations, IMF, oh, and also the World Bank, of course. What's your theory, John? Well, my theory is that Madoff's covering up for one of his relatives who actually did the crime. Dude. Yeah, stopped in your tracks there. Well, no, because it, it, it's so feeble, that's why. Uh, maybe feeble, but that's, you know, the whole thing is, you know... He, I don't think he was that involved. I looked at his old testimonies about how, how strong the, uh, you know, the FCC or the, uh, not the FCC, the um, SEC is. And I mean, it, his background doesn't, none of this makes any sense. And people have been saying this. Well, what, when did this start? What, what was his motivation? I mean, he didn't need to do this. And I think it was, I think somebody in the family, I think there's somebody else involved. And I think he's found out, he was so slow to find out that he's, decided to take the bullet you know instead of having like his maybe his favorite son or who knows and i don't i think what you have go with your theory is interesting and i think there's a possibility that something like that would show up but i, I don't i think there's more to this story than just made off and the fact of the matter is if you talk to anybody who's looked at any of his statements and the, it was a very complicated system because he sent out these very elaborate statements that somebody had to produce i mean he wasn't a computer guy uh, let's face it he's seven not that 70-year-old people don't yeah, know he, he was the 70-year-old guy who was coach, uh, chairman and co-founder of NASDAQ, which is a complete computerized trading system. I mean, it's not like he didn't have his connections. When NASDAQ was founded, it wasn't that computerized. Oh, really? I thought it was well, always no, I mean, a computerized system. I think there was a... a I think... Well, no, I mean, that's great. <laughs> great. But, John... Um, just if you connect these dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you're headed with this. It's the, you know, the, the guys are trying to enslave all mankind and they're going to do it through some, this, through the IMF. Oh, you are so the first to go. 
the, when the minute that train rolls in, they're <laughs> putting the your ass. Go. You're the first you're, to go. No, 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 no. They're going to pick up the, the feeble-minded and the weak who are going to be, oh, yeah, well, sure, it was your son, Madoff. Yeah, come on, John. Come over here. We're going to take you to a happy place. The IFC will be, it's just like the International Criminal Court. You know, this has incredible power over over world leaders. Yeah, what have they got? What power do they have over Bush? No, um, you recall that uh, the United States said quite clearly, if the uh, International Criminal Court ever tries to um, take an American uh, government official to court, that then America will invade the Netherlands. <laughs> which is like, which only you only need one Apache and, uh, and a couple of guys on motorbikes, and you're done. But that they will invade uh, the Hague and the and the International Criminal Court. That's how serious this court is. Well, I think we've, we've taken the right position on it then. You, do you think it's a bad thing that we're, we're negative against this kind of world crap? No, I, I, I think, yeah, but we, we work alongside others prosecuting people there, yet we don't want to hold our own leaders to the same standard. So that yeah, is wrong. Scam. That's, it's a, it's of not, course not it's a scam. scam. Of course it's a scam. But so is this IFC. But when you put the bankers in charge of being the law, then it's all over, Johnny boy. And you know, uh, I'm gonna. I'm writing the date down on this prediction. Okay, let's get this. Instead of talking in these generalities, well, I have, I have stories. I have five links to this international financial. I, I love it. Court. But tell me when you think that this announcement of the international financial court will take place. Uh, is yeah, it'll either be. Um, before the sentencing? by the way, is this going to be the same as your prediction about the flying saucers landing? That remember that last September. No, I think this one will be closer to my prediction of the Dow Jones, which came within six days of being exactly on the money. So let's just uh, stick with financial versus UFO. I've been pretty good in my financial predictions. Yeah, as yeah, being yeah an international Anywhere between now and and the sentencing date, which is June tenth, I think, or on the announcement of the sentencing. So, if the, if the judge says I, I need another three months, then then that date gotcha. has to move up. Right? I've, I've wrote, written it down. It's between okay. now and the actual sentencing of Madoff. The International Financial Court will, will be announced. Play. Yes, will be and announced will and will be, be in play. Names. Yes, and we All will right. bow down to them. Uh, not me. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> you just so, wait. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I got to say, man, I'm really worried. You know, I, I was looking. Uh, so I'm, I'm following this this story about the International Financial Court, and I, and I'm seeing some really good reporting going on. You know, mainstream reporting. Obviously, the shit ain't getting anywhere. You know, it's like just like you, like oh, whatever. It's probably a, let's let's find out about his son. Maybe he's having an affair with Amy Weinstein. Weintraub. <laughs> um, but there's some really good reporting being done. This I got a lot of this from uh, the AM Law Daily, so it's you know, like a law blog. But there's also some good mainstream reporting. And I'm so worried that with these news, particularly newspapers, you know, you look at the Daily Mail, good, bad, or indifferent, they are doing reporting here in the UK. The Financial Times is reporting. New York Times is reporting. Um. But with, with the way everything's going, and you, you look at all the media stocks—not just radio, but you know, magazines, newspapers—they're all down around a buck. You know, these these companies are losing money hand over foot. We've been talking about it. So what happens? I mean, just like 
you know, just like so many other things where technology has changed, like the music industry, you know, music industry drying up and it's going away and there's a new form with a lot less money involved re-emerging. And that's just the way it'll kind of go. It's a little more distributed, I think. What happens when, when the news organizations just fail? How, how do we, cause, you know, all this blogging and, and even the show is great, but, you know, if we don't have this actual reporting being done, we wouldn't know shit. So what do we do? How do we, how do we save? No, there's got to be a way. How do we save no, our we're salmon? doomed. We're doomed. In fact, this show is one of the last bastions of this sort ah, of thing. Ah, there's a buzzkill. And we're, de- <laughs> we're, we're dealing, we're, you know, digging deep. I mean, you mentioned just a second ago, you said, well, there's good reporting about this. And the first thing you mentioned was some guy's blog. Was he getting it from somebody else or was he, did he have this information himself? I don't know. You know, the thing about it's going to happen is obvious. Is one of the things is you got a bunch of people that are trained reporters and they like doing, being reporters. And then long since, because of the price of printing and the price of paper and all the fact, the, the, the fact of the matter is that everybody's been making more money in this business except the writers. So the writers have gotten their their mindset. Most journalists, if, if you ever go to the not one of just these writers events, but actual journalists, people who who you know yeah, yeah, get on a plane and go somewhere and ask questions and have a pad of paper and a, and a dusty if hat. You, Hang out with any of these people. They have like, as I've been, you know, you go to, I, I, there's the most depressing thing you've ever been to. I mean, I'm talking about years ago. You go, it'd be some event, somebody's birthday or somebody's anniversary or something. You go to, it's all journalists. They're all depressed. They're all depressing. <laughs> They're all they don't moaning. make any money. All They've moaning. already gotten themselves into the mindset of starvation. <laughs> and so they're just going to go off into blogging and they're going to keep reporting and they're going to argue for the bloggers having certain rights. I mean, many of them have become early bloggers. They were journalists, and then they became bloggers, and they really liked the idea of not having an editor. Yeah, but they didn't like the idea of not making any money. They apparently have gotten their minds stabilized on the possibility of not making or making very little money, mm-hmm. but they're going to keep doing what they're doing because they actually, to be honest, and I think this is true with a lot of different businesses. I think musicians are the same way. They just like doing it. I mean, most right. musicians aren't in it for the money. Right, they're in right. it for the girls and the fact that they like to play music. Yeah, and that's why we do this show. We're in it for the hookers. We don't have any hookers. <laughs> I know. We got like 99% male audience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> only people that can, only the males can figure out how to get a stream to work. <laughs> there we go. Okay, let's wait for the women to yeah, chime really. in. You know, you know, we actually have about, I think, a, my blog has about, 27, 28% female readers, which is high, because in, in tech, generally speaking, you have about a 90% male, 95% male, 5% female, and generally, I mean, that would be like the PC Magazine audience. Yeah. But over, but when the internet came along, women were actually at some point, it's slightly like 51%, 49 women, although they were mostly, you know, looking at horoscopes. What would it, what would it I'll, take? I'll wait more commentary for that remark. What would it take if, if we were to build our little a little news organization, which is essentially what the library might turn into? Well, how much money on an annual basis to you know to pay people? You know, first of all, you gotta you gotta pay expenses for people to do real investigative journalism. I'm not really interested in. I would much rather have one story a week like this IFC thing. That, that you can really delve into and, and watch what's going on and pay someone to follow with that and actually do it and report on it and bring out this news. Well, I, I'll, well, I'll tell you what. It, it essentially costs, not including uh, benefits, it essentially costs between 45000 and $60,000 a year for the person 
Right. I'm. You might be able to lowball it. I. I don't know. And then you have to pro- assume that the expenses will be the equivalent amount of money. Now, one of the things that I've never seen implemented in uh, publishing uh, or in most businesses uh, is to have somebody get an assignment and then give them a uh, an expense account that is a fixed sum that they have to maximize. You know, people always go they go float around. Oh, I'm gonna be I'm going to New York. I'll be back, and then they and they come in with a bun, bunch of receipts, and you have to pay them for that, as opposed to giving them a a yearly budget of right. say twenty thousand dollars that they can spend on travel or you know motels, so, hotels. A, a, a real news organization. Um, let's just say it costs a hundred grand a person with benefits. Yeah, I would, and including probably expenses for some of these. Yeah, uh, with benefits, expenses, you know, just to actually operate. Yeah. A lot of people can do. Mo- you can do so much just from a fixed location. From a you know, a fixed location online. Right, but you, you want to you cut them loose. I mean, you, the people you are better be, off. You, know, be. you you don't want. Here's what. Here's one of the things that needs to be done with modern news organizations. They got to get away from the cent- decentralized thing. You know, where you have an yeah. office. The, the yeah, overhead yeah, 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 yeah. of That's an office in downtown San Francisco is, a, is enormous. Them. Killing them absolutely. So if we had anywhere from five hundred thousand to a million dollars annual budget we could actually run a little news agency that could that could bring a mixture of mm, well really a mixture of of forms of media you know in stuff like this show but it could be you know a blog and it could be a chat and the the thing is you have to you really have to have a a reputation that's all that it is because bloggers don't you know they get no rep you know i think huffington post has gotten to a level where it has a reputation um what's the uh What's the other guy who does his ugly one-page news that all of Washington Drudge. reads? Drudge, yeah. Drudge Report, you know, has a reputation. Uh, but, you know, in, I think it would be possible. And I think it could be um, user-supported. It doesn't have to be a commercial enterprise, just as long as everyone can eat. Yeah, I think it's possible. Okay. Just something to stick in the back of your head. Well, I mean, it would take us years and years before we could get to that budget level. But uh, well, I mean, based says on the you, fact, says you, says you, says you. Just saying. I mean, I suppose with some publicity and some other things, we might do something. But we're not doing that at the moment. And and then these guys aren't dead yet. I mean, you know, there's a New York Times will be around for a while. The Washington Post will be around for the while. The Washington Times will be around for a while because it's funded by a religious guy in Korea. That's what and we need. That's what we need. That's what we need. Let's we need a religious. We need well, a, you're kind of a religious guy. Yeah, uh, but not from Korea. We need a kind of a re- of religious UFO. guy. Yeah, that's what we need. We need like a religious guy. Got that one past him. D- <laughs> no, I heard it. Don't worry. <laughs> so then we just, you know, maybe we just do a little prayer at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Have some at the top of the website. You know, I'm thinking about it, man. I'm just thinking about it. I um. All right. Well, think about it. Anyway, so uh, it would, but the, one of the things is like nobody has a mod. You know, there's no modern way of doing this. I mean, there's still the people they want the offices and the editor, the editor after yeah, editor. Yeah, that's bullshit. That that's exactly what we don't want. We you know right, be, I between you and that. I, I think- we we know what what news is important. We know what to promote to the homepage. Um, you know, a show like this, we you know we'd highlight all of the articles, and you know, it's it's it could really work. I'm just saying, I would quit my job. If uh, if I thought we had half a chance, forty nine percent chance even, I'd quit my job, and I'd do it full time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got I got some awesome news from Gitmo Nation East today, which just oh just tickled me to death. 
Uh, you're aware of the Eurovision Song Contest, John? Oh, yes. The Eurovision Song Contest has been going for many, many years, and it's uh, very interesting. I don't want to get into the whole workings of the group because you don't actually have to be a member of Europe to be in it, but it's the European Broadcasting Union. And the way it works is every country has their own local elections, their national elections. They choose it, and it's about the best song, not about the best group or hottest chick. Although, of course, ever since they moved from professional panels to uh, text message voting and uh, phone line voting, it's now you know become who is the hottest, um, as well as very political. You know, you'll see a lot of Eastern or old or new European states, I'm supposed to say, uh, voting for each other. You know, it, 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 once you take it into the public, then it kind of, you know, it's like American Idol. You know, it's like the best person never really wins. Um, so right now we're winding up the uh, the national elections in every single country. And Georgia, uh, Georgia. Oh, yeah, I know this story. This is a good one. Yeah, Georgia's entry. Now, you remember Georgia cowardly uh, attacked Russia and said that Russia attacked them. We uh, we exposed that on this very program when that took place, about a year ago, I think, with the crazy Sakasvili dude. Uh, their entry was rejected based upon content. And uh, I have the recording, and uh, when they played it last night, it, I, I, I wet myself. Um, the title of the song is We Don't Want Put In, which, of course, uh, when you listen to it being sung, is We Don't Want Putin. And they even say, and, and I have the video, which is in the show note. there's a link in the show notes. Um, they're even, they say, we just want to shoot him, and then they point like a finger gun to their head, and they wonder why it was rejected. <laughs> Let me play a little bit of this song. It's absolutely hilarious. Takes a second to get to the chorus here in the hook. It's a very 70s, 80s disco vibe. I like it. It's kind of like a George Michael beat, actually. I bet you I could mix it with George Michael. All right, here it comes. Here it comes. I'm going to try to shoot him. George, uh, was it uh, Stephanie and 3G? We don't want to put in. Which the I guys, I looked at this video, and the guys got a one of these guys has got like a Woody Allen, uh, not a Woody, but that 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 big nose, mustache, glasses look. Like the Groucho I mean, Marx. They, like they have a glued on mustache. I mean, the whole thing <laughs> looks like they're incognito. It's a good tune, dude. It's totally retro. It's, it's actually too retro. They should have kicked it off for that reason alone. Oh, I, I thought that was so funny. So they're uh, they're not going to change the lyrics. Uh, so they're politicizing it, which I think is good. Finally, they're politicizing this uh, this event again. It's been way too long. Yeah, it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. So there's been a bunch of, oh, by the way, let me just give you this before I go on my other concept or ideas here. FBI raids office of D.C. CTO Obama appointee. I'm going to read this. This is from Politico. Just, just drop that the, link in the chat, man. Oh, good idea. Just uh, copy paste or you could do an ad file. Copy paste. Hmm. Yeah. Well, if you have an iPhone, you don't know what that is. But uh, anyway, so this is today, this raid, this was breaking news as of today. Well, it was actually, 
last night? Yeah, it's on the 12th, and it's obviously breaking. So uh, let me just read a couple of sentences. The search of the office at one judiciary is part of an ongoing investigation. Said when they raid your office and it's part of an ongoing investigation, uh, there's something going on. Said a spokeswoman for the FBI's D.C. field office, Lindsay Gutwin. She said two men, Yusuf Akar and Sashil Bansal, had been arrested. A car is an information security officer who was also, according to the online request for proposals, responsible for contracting Bonsell, the other guy. Uh, is listed as the city's procurement, procurement website as the CEO of Advanced Integrated Technologies Corporation, which was awarded two technology contracts last year worth a t- total of $350,000. Hmm. And the Washington Post and WTOP radio report that the men are being held on bribery charges. Wow. Not a day goes by. A lot of people sending me this link about um, uh, JSOC. Did anyone uh, clue you in on that? No. Uh, JSOC, which stands for the Joint Special Operations Command. Just speaking of uh, FBI and CIA. Apparently, um, Seymour Hirsch, I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah, the writer. Yeah. So he uh, gave a speech uh, last night in, I think it was D.C., and uh, so here's a direct quote from him. After 9-11, I haven't written about this yet, but the Central Intelligence Agency was very deeply involved in domestic activities against people they thought would be enemies of the state without any legal authority for it. They were called the Joint Special Operations Command, reported directly to Cheney, and they uh, were out killing people. (laughs) (laughs) And Seymour Hirsch really goes into oh, some well, detail. Yeah. Well, who who did they kill? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Probably all those people that were close to Clinton. The Clinton body oh, count. Well, yeah, maybe. You mean that guy that was the, 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 the Arkansas guy? Yeah, who was, shot himself twice. Shot himself twice. <laughs> and there was another There was another death, another... Uh, there were a couple of them, man. Yeah, we were documenting these for a while. Yeah. And then there were just too many of them, so we gave up. <laughs> we just gave up. This is why we need to start a proper news agency, so we can document <laughs> yeah, so these. So can follow up. Follow up on stuff, damn it. So Hirsch claimed, well, Hirsch is a little nutty, but Hirsch claimed. Oh, of course, were, of course. This is what, thank God he's a little nutty so he can be minimalized, marginalized. He's a little nutty. Mm. And, uh, but, you know, he's entertaining. What <laughs> he should have a show then on our network. If he's a little entertaining, he qualifies. Well, phone, phone always rings at this hour. Hold on a second. Well, keep, well anyway, go finish the story. Well, no, I mean, you, you've, you've got to read through the whole thing, but he's basically saying that there was a special ops um, assassination team that reported directly to Cheney that was uh, in function during his eight years in the White House. You know, th- this is the kind of stuff, you know, yes, I, I, I should follow up and, and dig deeper, but the good news is a lot of that stuff happens automatically. Mm. You know, people start to dig into it. They hear our show, they start digging in. Unfortunately, no one dug into the omnibus spending bill, which passed silently. No big, gee, no big press conference for that one. Well, uh, Obama did have a, a, some sort of a press conference where he regretted having to sign it. Yeah, the uh, imperfect bill is what he called it. It's imperfect. Yeah. But this once and for all ends all the crap from the, from the past. You know, half a, half a trillion dollars worth goes by just, you know, oh, it's not perfect. He didn't read it either. The, um, what's his name? Uh, 
Who's the press secretary? Gibbs. Know, Robert that, Gibbs. 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 He actually said, he, he said in the, uh, and, and it just blows me away. And he says, well, you know, obviously the president didn't read the whole thing. Well, he hasn't got time. He's too busy at the basketball games. But, you know, then why should he sign anything? If I mean, Isn't that kind of the deal? It's like, if someone gives me something to sign at our little company, you know, I, I read it. I make sure if I don't understand that I ask questions. Well, maybe he asks questions. Like, should I sign this? He did. And his overlord said, yes, sign it. You must sign it. <laughs> why are you making fun of that, man? <laughs> well, I hear that. Where's that, that train that always toots its horn around uh, no, around noon? He did. Uh, he did veto five. Uh, he did veto five uh, line items, saying they were unconstitutional. Oh, so the, he oh, didn't read so it. That's but, the reason. Yeah, he didn't well, read did, it. The, but, the courts decide. Well, when is he the the courts? He doesn't decide whether something's unconstitutional. Let the courts do that. Yeah. Well. You should speak a little louder because it's too late for that. Done. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Nine uh, nine thousand earmarks. <laughs> which which I, which I thought actually Ron Paul, um, Congressman Ron Paul, said something the other day in the House, which I thought was a brilliant remark, and it really made me think for a second. He said, "What we need is more earmarks," and you have to parse that for a second. And then you know he went on to explain you, it's very important because then the money is appropriated for a very specific goal and it's written down if you don't then the money just stays in a big lump and it just passes through anyway and it's not really appropriated you know companies like department of Edu uh, you know de departments like department of education get 40 or 50 billion and they can just kind of go spend it the way they want so he was saying we need more earmarks i thought that was an interesting take well, you know, this is like, yeah, it is an interesting take. And if you're going to be earmark driven, you might as well just use that for everything. And I think that people get confused the difference between pork, i.e. money for projects that are lame and don't help the common good somehow or are questionable and earmark. So those have kind of been melded together. Um, but I have read uh, probably... Probably six or seven hundred of the uh, of the nine thousand earmarks uh, in the omnibus bill, and yeah, it's it really is just closing every hole, every promise that was made, everything that probably got people reelected to certain positions. It was just all neatly bundled up, whoop, pushed through. No big deal, no big press conference. Half a trillion dollars, but a bing. Hmm. Well, there's nothing we can do about that. I don't know what good it's going to do anybody. The omnibus bill? Or any of this stuff. I mean, I don't see any evidence that it's going to have a positive effect. Well, it was kind of fun watching Tuesday. as um, It almost looked like a completely orchestrated event. Hey, man, let's, let's move this market back up. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, Bernanke, you go on at 8.30. You go on early, an hour before uh, the market's open, and you say something really positive. And uh, and then we uh, leaked the numbers from Citigroup, which are really good. You're like you're doing a John Stewart <laughs> bit here. But it's true. It's absolutely true. That's that's how that's what happens. Oops. And then we're gonna do this, and then we'll do, yeah. we'll do that. Come on, let's go over here and get the JSOC guys and kill someone. You could see it, the, the the minute <laughs> kill, the, kill someone in the floor someone. of the stock exchange. The minute Madoff pled guilty with no you know no contest, boom, the market explodes. You know, it's like yeah. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna get fingered. Hey, we got at least until June 10th. 
We got some time here. Let's boogie, everybody. We're not gonna put in. So a friend of mine, Ernie uh, uh, Veratimos, had predicted the, this this last plunge of the market better than you. He actually called the S and P five hundred to be six six six, which is what it bottomed out at, Ooh. based on uh, a bunch of math that he did. I'm gonna send oh, really? you the links to this. Really? Yeah. He and he sends you the formula. Uh, I don't know. He's got he, he has it blogged, and he's got a bunch of uh, links, and I'll send those to you, and you can put them in the show notes. It's actually quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I always thought it was interesting that it came up at six six six, the mark of the beast. I, I, it didn't go unnoticed. <laughs> Believe me, it didn't go unnoticed. <laughs> Did not go unnoticed. <laughs> so the thing I'm looking into now is uh, is this operation, which is a is kind of a news organization of or or, or a it's like a I don't know what it is, but I consider them to be a com- competition with our show. Actually, oh, oh com- co-opetition, perhaps. Co-opt-a-tition, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's a show called World Focus, which is a news show done by, I can't remember, the. I got, I have to dig up, the, the, the announcer is like this kind of a funny-looking pinched-faced guy that just is really not meant to be on television because he's not endearing by any means, but he has the most amazing old-fashioned voice, you know, the real deep, booming, ballsy voice that, you know, these everybody wanted to have in broadcasting in the 60s. And he's got, which doesn't work now in today's market, but he's, you know, they, I guess they, it's nice to listen to. If he, if he was doing voiceover, it'd be great. Uh, but anyway, it's called World Focus, and it shows up on, on PBS stations, at least in the Bay Area, on the third. You know, we have now because of digital television, we, you have your main HD channel and then a couple of spinoff channels within the same frequency. And with our educational KQED here, we have KQED 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, this shows up in KQED 3, which is uh, it's called World or something. And it's a bunch of world news. But it, and it's fronted by a company called the Creative News Group out of out of New York, and I can't figure out what their agenda is. But it tend it seems to be mixed. There is a uh, they had some woman on last night who was like some she looked like she looked like she should be a, a, a you know the the head uh, sorority sister at the Tri Delts, and but <laughs> and you know what that type is uh, yeah. anyone out there who's been around these girls. <laughs> yeah. And she, but she was wearing like this Chinese outfit, and she was apparently she's under the human rights China thing, and they're trying to slam China for human rights, while well, of course ignoring the human rights violations in our own country, and, which still is annoying, and I think really bugs the Chinese to no to to, to no end. But anyway, so the, but I figure when I start watching this stuff, and I think other people out there listening to us, you should always look at everything as somehow, uh, uh you know a an amplifier for somebody's message where somebody's paying somebody to say something or, or, or there's something going on or it's a test market. I'm always considering the possibility that something like this show is like testing ideas to see what the feet, what the pushback is. And, the, and so you look for a, an issue that, that crops up and you start to see if it starts to crop up elsewhere. And here's what it is. Here's what it's going to be, at least from my interpretation of what I saw. Cuba. Mm-hmm. 
I believe that Cuba is going to be a uh, – Obama is going to lift the sanctions against Cuba. I think he got nothing out of the Florida Cubanians, and he figures he doesn't care anymore because that's the only – these these politicos down in Florida, the ones who have kept Cuba, you know, isolated. And I think he's going to lift the trade embargo, and I think it's going to be within the next year or two. And one of the funny things was in the special report that this guy did, they were going on, and they they had a camera in Cuba, and then there was this little – like a package, uh, which is – is a series of little video clips put together specifically uh, about fond feelings for Americans, and the and they show they were t- talking to all these students, and oh, they all had fond feelings for Americans, you know, to give us a warm and fuzzy feeling, a special that, special relationship. Yeah, and so what really cracked me up. I mean, seriously, just I just I almost died laughing. They said, we love Americans because we love their music and we love their movies. And then they and they said, yeah, we do. We love their music. John Lennon, the Bee Gees. <laughs> no Led Amy Zeppelin. Weintraub, huh? <laughs> I mean, it was just like everybody these guys were naming were British. <laughs> Or Australian, or some, you know, I mean, they, they, they weren't mentioning any blues groups or, I mean, anybody that would be really American, you know, or Elvis, or, I mean, nothing. That's and funny. you think Elvis would be in the mix since they drive all those old cars. But anyway. They were all British. I, I, I think this is a salvo, a test salvo, that we're going to see, uh, you know, you see what, you know, they, they test these things in some venue, and I think this may be one of them. And next thing you know, you're going to start seeing Cuba in the, on 60 Minutes, Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. It's as though someone's given the word, look, we got to get the American public behind us lifting the trade embargo on Cuba because there's a lot of good land there to develop. We're set to do it. We've beaten them back. So the land's got to be dirt cheap. We can go in there, buy up the country because the Canadians are already doing that to some extent. We can't let them take over. Mm. And uh, we're going to you watch within the next uh, 18 months, probably sooner than that. uh, Well, it's within. uh, I would suspect we're going to start seeing this this Cuba thing change. So what what do you think the strategy is behind that? What's the point? Is it just to, uh, to buy the property? Just to buy the property, huh? Cheap property, the resort property. I mean, it's going to be next yeah. to nothing. Yeah, you're right. You know, we're just the big developers that are itching to buy up Cuba. IMF involved anywhere? Oh, well, obviously, yeah. at some point, they're going to have to, you know, well, so here's what they have. We're going to lift the thing and say, oh, my God, you know, and Obama can play this one up. Oh, my God, we've let these people just suffer. For no good reason, it hasn't done. Any, by the way, and this is true, it hasn't done any Anything, good. No, no. And we and we miss out on the Cuban cigars. And well, well they've not, got, you yep. know, they've got they've got that health care down there. <laughs> they do. Have you yeah, seen we can learn Sicko? something from yeah, them. Yeah, we could learn some about health care. There you go. So anyway, they're going to lift this thing, and they're going to like all of a sudden, Cuba is going to be. Then it's going to be. Then we're going to go into the you know to give it another year, and we're going to then it'll go into the overdrive with the tourist thing. Yeah, I was going to go say to Cuba, visit Cuba, to tour, yeah. you know, look at what's going on in Cuba. It's going to be take over. Come, See, one of the come things, to Disneyland Latino. It's safer, and here's the here's the kicker: it's safer than Mexico, dude. Right now, you don't want to be anywhere near Mexico. So they got to have some place to send the tourists, and it's going to be Cuba. You, this thing is is just this is a test, testing ground. This show, very interesting. So I watch the show now. Look, at least I'm thinking this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is video, here. video or audio? Yeah, it's a video show on, on on PBS here and there. Oh, see, there you go, PBS. They're getting donations. That you know, damn, damn. We need, we need more yeah. money. 
Well, you know, we do need more money now. We might as well jump in. And don't forget to go to Dvorak.org slash N-A. Noagendalibrary.com. Did you have the link there? Yeah, go to noagendalibrary.com. You think I jest you? No, I'm just saying. Noagendalibrary.com. I didn't know you could move an HTML file. I didn't know it was in you. It's (laughs) called a... Hey, John. (laughs) Just say stop and I'll point a finger at you. (laughs) We'll talk about uh, getting more money later. Yeah. Um, So what else we got in the list? Uh, more from the Shadow Puppet Theater. Ah, there were several announcements uh, made in the past week. They're, they're going really fast now because they have to fill. I think it's seventy spots that are still open in the administration. I was not aware, but apparently the first one hundred days is the period where the administration fills all those slots, which which makes no sense to me. You know, if if you know you're going to win in November, and you, you've been running a campaign for two years, I mean, don't you kind of know who you want in? So, I'm, you know, too logical. Yeah, really. So this guy is uh, was going to be like the food czar in the White House. Michael Taylor is his name. And um, he was actually in charge of the FDA. He approved RBGH, the bovine growth hormone, which uh, messed up uh, our milk and our cows. Yeah. Um, he did this uh, when he worked for uh, Clinton. And, of course... Uh, for the past couple of years, where do you think he's been hanging out? Uh, Camp Obama? I don't know. No. He's a lobbyist? Um, he's an attorney, actually. Oh, wait. Let me guess. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> Here it comes. Monsanto. <laughs> oh, shit. I missed the cue. I was, al- I was almost perfect. In the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Monsanto. <laughs> our food is going to be so... No, so basically, our country is run by Goldman Sachs and, and Monsanto. Monsanto. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, you know, hey, whatever. You know, we'll give them a minute a day for a year, or a minute a show for a year. If they just pay us the money. $100,000 is not that much. No, not at all. And, and, and by it, the way, I calculated this. I said, well, you know, what if they gave us $100,000? What would they be getting back besides the one minute of airtime all to themselves called, you know, the disinformation minute? Mm-hmm. You know, but they can say whatever they want. They can say they were jerks, or they can do whatever. It's five dollars a thousand. The CPM is very competitive it with is. major media. Yeah, I agree. It really is. It pro- and they, you know, they have and they have an audience of skeptics that they can try to, you know, they got the one minute's a lot of time to to sell yourself. But you know, they probably, you know, what I don't think these guys listen to the show. If they did, they'd, we'd have a check in the mail. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. We need so we need someone in sales to start with. That's our, that's our first uh, sixty grand is uh, someone in sales. <laughs> there goes there goes the money. There from goes Monsanto. the budget. Sales. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we always get the money. We can get sales. Arthur Daniels Midland to advertise, and uh, that that's what always makes me laugh about those Sunday morning shows. They're all sponsored by Monsanto and ADM. Yeah, it's like <laughs> how come we can't get yeah, some of that get good stuff? News from these people. <laughs> we can't get. If we do it, we're going to give them their own minute, and we're going to yeah. still just you know harp on them. Like, harp on them. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if they up the ante a little bit, maybe we'd cut it back a, a shade. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so there's some super duper. Infra- you'd be like real media. Oh, gee. <laughs> That's right. Your disinformation moment. In the morning. We, um, there's, some, there's some good information about this Michael Taylor guy. He's literally been a revolving door. Monsanto, Cargill, Tyson's. 
Oh my God, <laughs> just Tyson's, Tyson's too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he's gonna be, he's gonna be calling the shots on food. Total takeover by Monsanto. Total fucking takeover. Wow, it's unbelievable. So then, one more. Let me just complain it's a little a, bit. By more. the way, how does this represent change and hope? <laughs> Those are no longer tax deductible either. I'm told. Change and hope. Um. I also spent some time this week looking into Baxter International because it's really irking me that now here we are a week further along in the timeline when Baxter International, a, uh, a publicly listed company, U.S. publicly listed company with subsidiaries all around the world, um, sent out flu vaccine mixed with the deadly, proven deadly H5N1 bird flu virus. Was right. discovered. This is a story we need to follow, keep following up yeah. on. So, so I, I've actually delved in a little bit deeper because it, it's angering. So just to set the stage for people who have never heard this story before, and all the links are in the show notes, this company, Baxter International, which uh, does a lot of different vaccines, sent out their standard flu vaccine, which is also has a number, by the way. It's a H3-something or other. But it was mixed with H5N1, known as bird flu, and they're saying it was accidental. Um, this type of thing can is never supposed to happen in a bio-level 3 security environment, but it did and was discovered. And I'll also do little air quotes, accidentally, by, um, uh, by one of the uh, local distributors. It was sent to 18 countries, this, uh, this tainted flu vaccine. and they uh, Was it sent to the USA? I do not believe so, but here's, here's where it gets... It was sent to the UK, I'm pretty sure, because... And here, here's the... I started looking into it. So Baxter International gets uh, you know, a couple billion a year from the U.S. government to make flu vaccine. And they also cut a deal in 2007 with the U.K. government to stockpile this, this vaccine against bird flu. So and I don't know if they're selling based upon the fact that they might have it or that, you know, apparently they already have the vaccine because that's what the, what's being stockpiled. They do. They run this. the The, the, the actual uh, clinical trials is done by a by a, a subcontractor called DynCorp. A uh, DynPort, sorry, D Y N P O R T, DynPort, which is an LLC, which was two years ago acquired by CSC, and CSC is um, this huge company that uh, basically does nothing but governmental programs. So their, their, their entire customer is the government. And, and, and there's not a single piece of information about DynePort on their website other than that it's one of their subsidiary companies. They usually do IT stuff. So it's really shady uh, how this is being put together. But then if you look at the, uh, the annual reports... So here, Dyneport Vaccine Company and Baxter International, this is uh, from a year ago, received 201 million contract modification on top of their billion from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for the development of Baxter cell culture, seasonal and pandemic influenza candidate vaccines. And if you go look at the, and I've done the work for you, it's all going to be in the show notes. If you go look at the uh, annual report from the, from Baxter, this public company, you know they're just boasting about uh, their clinical trials. They're they're testing it on people now. This uh, vaccine for bird flu, for human to human bird flu, in clinical th- uh, phase three clinical trials, which I think is when you start to test it on thousands of people, John. Right. Um, 
And it's uh, it's unfathomable that our money, which is being dished out by the federal government, is being mishandled by bungling idiots, because I'm just going to take them at their face value for a moment and say it was an accident, and that no one is reporting on the story. Well, I think no one reporting on the story is what's deplorable. But the possibility, I mean, the problem you have here, of course, is the story looks like the following, you know, uh, law and order scenario where the company has got, here's, you know, one of the things that happened recently is there is a, uh, and I think within the next two or three years, they'll probably have, you know, the clinical trials they're looking for. But there, some, you know, researchers came up with, I think we talked about this, came up with a new model for attacking the flu virus, uh, finding a different uh, uh point of attack uh, instead of this the, the the shell which is always changing that we so I have to have a shot every year for it and they've discovered a way of doing a universal shot you take the shot and you never get any flu ever including bird flu and this would kill the whole business of this every you know year having all these shots and it would put a bunch of these companies out of business literally because they have the one shot now instead of the yearly you know money makers almost like Microsoft in their you know coming out with a new product right. now they can't do it anymore so so we know that's never going to happen they're never going to bring that to market. Well, that, that, I mean, this is what the battle's going to be, wh- whether we can get this other thing in there to, to beat, beat down this other business. But assuming that, let's say you're a company and you and you said, this is, by the way, again, a, a, a screen uh, scenario for a law and order. You're the evil company that knows this other thing's coming. It's going to ruin your business, but you're, you're, your business is still going to be okay for the next three or four years. So you've got to get a couple of big paydays. So let's just infect everybody with bird flu because, for one thing, all this stockpile of the bird flu anti-bird flu uh, vaccinations, they're, they're, they're going to be just worth nothing until, unless we can unless find we, some reason to use them. and huge flu, yeah. Yeah, and bird flu doesn't seem to be cropping up anywhere. So let's just infect people and then give them the shot and we'll get a bunch of money and we get this, this stuff off of, out of inventory and everybody's happy. From Except the, the few uh, that die. From the annual report... Of backstory. In 1918, an influenza pandemic killed as many as 100 million people worldwide. Most health experts predict it is only a matter of time before another pandemic strikes. This is in publicly filed documents. While it is unknown what flu strain will cause the next pandemic, we hope it will be ours. Uh, sorry. Many suspect, <laughs> many suspect it could be the H5N1 avian flu virus that has killed millions of birds and more than 300 people, mostly in Asia. Void where prohibited by law. Over the last several years, experts fear the virus could begin the spread among human population, making the development of a vaccine a global priority. In 2007, Baxter initiated a phase three clinical trial. So they've already they've already done it, John, two years ago. Yeah. Of its candidate H5N1 vaccine. Anyway, the uh, down at the end, uh, and this is real the, the money stuff. Uh, in 2007, Baxter entered into an agreement with the United Kingdom, giving the country the option to purchase pandemic influenza vaccine in the event of a pandemic. Baxter has similar advanced purchase agreements with other countries. The company also has delivered several million doses of H5N1 vaccine to countries worldwide as part of stockpile agreements, so they've already delivered it, and is providing a multi-year donation of its pandemic influenza vaccine to the World Health Organization. Oh, how nice. You don't want to kill poor people. So uh, you're right, John. I, I think you're absolutely right. All it takes is, you know, now we just need to introduce uh, the bird flu into the human-to-human variant, and then uh, we make a bundle. I say buy stock now while it lasts. Baxter International, B-A-X is their uh, ticker symbol. 
We'll long on BAX. The... <laughs> long. Uh, this, this, their stock is still at 50 or 60. It's 50 bucks, and it went up a buck 80 yesterday. Yeah, I mean, these guys are in, in, <laughs> in anticipation in, of our news. <laughs> these guys are. Well, of course, it's been as high as 70, but then there's the crash. But they weren't really horribly affected. According to the FDA, phase three studies are expanded, controlled, and uncontrolled trials. What does that mean, uncontrolled? I don't know. They are performed after preliminary evidence suggests effectiveness of the drug has been obtained in phase two and are intended to gather additional information about effectiveness and safety that is needed to evaluate the overall benefit-risk relationship of the drug. So they're, they've already done phase three. They must be into phase four. Yeah, phase four is infecting the public. <laughs> and, then, and then cashing in. Phase five, hookers! There we go. And limos. <laughs> hookers and limos and all my money in a brown paper bag. And so I, there's a, I put a ton of, uh, of links in just because it's... This whole big pharma thing is, is just like big ag. You know, we've been completely taken over. By uh, yeah, all all the doctors, they're all taking money from big pharmaceuticals. You know, this it was kind of fun to see how in the Netherlands the, the HPV um, vaccination program. Oh they, yeah, you're one of your pet peeves. Yeah, so this was already halted in Spain, and a number. You know, there's been thousands of uh, girls who have uh, had severe reaction to it, including um, uh, para- paralysis. Uh, several, you know, hundreds worldwide have died from. Uh, uh, from the inoculation in the Netherlands, uh, if I actually started a lot of this back on my radio show before they booted me off for exposing them. Uh, oh, that's right. Let's go over that again before you get to the story. You had a radio show because you talked about oh, that, this ra- last that year. radio station just ra- got taken off the air yesterday. Their licenses have been revoked. They took them off the air. You had a show on this station, and you, of course, they think they claim that you got, they fired you because you were no, 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 no one fired me. No one fired me. You, they gave me the option of doing shooting yourself or quitting. They gave me the option. Hey, everybody, how you doing? It's Adam Curry. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, let's play some more Amy Weinstein. Yeah, wine trouty baby. The option of doing that kind of show, um, or really the predecessor to this. Well, you started. Do, we started this show before you started that gig. Are you sure? No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're, right. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So you just took, but you took that. You were really focused on the the Netherlands, the Holland, Netherlands, uh, and Europe. Yeah. And so, and I started stories. exposing a lot of stories. Well, you did the thing. You know, you started going after the the, the uh, Secretary General the po- of Justice. Yeah. 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 What do you expect? Yeah. Well, you can't do that. I am Adam Curry. You know. Yeah, well, I think you're going to get, you know, one of these days you do this. I mean, we can do it on the podcast because everyone, you know, they don't, no one knows what the numbers are. There could be nobody listening. Uh, it's it's a marginalized business. I mean, oh, yeah, well, that was just two guys, you know. Talking shit, on the yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have hundreds they, you know. of thousands of listeners. No, they don't have anyone actually listening or redistributing the information or saving it in the library and yeah, pointing so we're, to we're, it. We're, we're safe until they discover how that, uh, powerful yeah. we actually are. You're right. Oh, we're so powerful. So, uh, but, hey, let me let me get to the story. I don't uh, know what the fuck I was going to talk about. Yeah, well, I'm just seeing how how strong the story was in your brain. You've lost it. But where was I going <laughs> with that? I, oh, I, I know. It was the, the vaccination. So I started that vaccination talk, which I didn't like either. And that really garnered a lot of speed because the Dutch people are um, very vigilant. 
they're, they're, they uh, when they when they think something's wrong and they've finally figured it out and and they're going for it, man, they go for it. And it's uh, you know there were just look at some of the stories about Dutch resistance during the Second World War. It's uh, normal people resisting in in abnormal, unbelievably heroic ways. And um, so the uh, they expected a seventy percent. Uh, rate of girls showing up, and they only got like a 40% rate of girls showing up, and man, they turned on the spigot. They had politicians going on television saying, this is so safe, you know, oh, it's some bullshit internet stories, and it was, I was sitting there with my mouth open, John, like, oh my God, they're, they're really just on television in, in, a, in a serious news talk program, who of course, completely in on it, there's no way, or just so stupid, they don't question anything. And they got a whole round table, the mayor of Amsterdam, they got a politician from, uh, from parliament, uh, you know, they've, they've got the guy who's in charge of the clinical whatever gurus are, and they're all just, and you know, not like, oh no, you know, this is perfectly safe. There's no truth that, that any girls have ever been harmed by this. Oh, that was actually from the, just from the jab itself that they might have had a little bit of a, a counter reaction. Just unbelievable what's going on. Meanwhile, this is being debunked left and right. Every, you know, people are on the tons of websites where, you know, you've got doctors saying, well, you know, you know, you don't really have to die from the virus. You know, the, the virus doesn't make cancer. There's all these, all these different, very scientific points of view that are contrarian to uh, what they're trying to do there. But, you know, I guess the point is it's three or $400 for this shot. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's very expensive. And you know it's pre-sold. It's pre-sold to the government. The government takes the deal. The pharma company gets. Uh, they getting a, the government must be getting a piece of the action. This sounds like a corrupt. Well, deal the people who the sign it, yeah, the people who say, yeah, we'll, we'll sign this into law, make it mandatory, or put it into the healthcare package. They're of course on the take, just like the whole industry. And by the way, I don't think you can operate a doctor's office without that type of support from uh, from pharma. And if you try to, they probably send the goons on you. Or that JSOC, whatever that it is. JSOC, yes, exactly. We got a message from Cheney. The big man. The big man says, uh, by the way, uh, just staying on uh, clinical and, uh, and doctor stuff, um, the new move, which will affect both of us, the new meme is that climate denial is now a mental disorder. Ah! You haven't uh, received any of these notes? No, I'm sure I'll probably have a not... Knockwood, yeah. No, if well, you- I'm hearing the, the, the gendarme showing up. So I noticed that on this uh, show I was talking about and uh, and elsewhere, uh, there's these, there's a lot of – there's another feeler I think they're going out with. They're going to try to see if the, if the public's going to buy into this, that the uh, that all of a sudden – this is the other meme that relates to what you're talking about, which is that the it looks like the oceans are going to rise faster than they anticipated. They were expecting it to raise to rise 19 uh, points, 19 points. By the way, they have it exactly. It's not 19, 20, 21, 19.7. When you put this type of exactitude, by the way, which is impossible to, to even calculate, 19.7, not 19, 19.7 inches in, you know, within the next 100 years or the next 50 years or the next whatever, uh, now it's they've changed it all. The calculations are different, and now it's going to rise thirty nine point three point not three thirty seven no, no, point three not, yeah thirty nine point three 
See, when you start seeing this, and I'm telling everybody out there, when you start seeing this sort of bogus exactitude, something's wrong. Lies, damn lies, and statistics, I think is... Uh... Anyway, so now it's, now it's going to be almost four feet, and that means we're all doomed. According to The Guardian, people uh, who deny climate change... Should I got be, a link. That's longer, a bloggable. Oh, there's, I have a couple links. Should no longer got, be. I, that's going to blog. Should no longer be compared to Holocaust deniers. That was the first uh, name we got. But consigned to even more outer darkness by branding them as climate creationists, the dirtiest word they know. Meanwhile, at the University <laughs> of West England in Bristol this weekend, a conference of eco psychologists led by a professor are solemnly. Eco psychologists? Are, led by a professor are solemnly exploring the notion that climate change denial should be classified as a form of mental disorder. Wow. Boy, these guys are getting go- going for the big guns on this one. That's you and me, my friend. Well, you know. There's uh, so this, there's a guardian uh, guardian. You, you got the moniker crackpot already, so that why not? Figure, right. Well, you, we can't do anything more. So the can't links, hurt you anymore. So I've got all these links, and uh, in the Guardian they did uh, the royal flush and these playing cards uh, of uh, climate deniers and who were the idiots? You know, like uh, Klaus, the right wing president of the Czech Republic. He's uh, mentally dis- he's mentally disturbed. <laughs> Uh, Sammy Wilson, Northern Ireland Environment Minister. Hey, I wanted to talk about Northern Ireland for a moment. Damn. Yeah, there's all kinds of crap going on there yeah. we don't know about here. Yeah, and, and I really didn't understand it, so I, I, I took a look into what exactly is going on. And just in a, in a, in a nutshell, if you always wondered what the Northern Ireland issue was about, um, Northern Ireland wanted to unionize, be its own, its own deal. And so the unionist who... Um, uh, who, who want this um, after all kinds of struggle. Forget all the history, and I'm sure I'm not getting it right. They made a deal with the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom said, okay, Ireland, you can go be, be your own deal, your own country, but we're going to take Northern Ireland because in the north are people who are loyal to the queen, and it's like 30 counties, so there's six counties up in Northern Ireland, um, uh, predominantly uh, Protestant, I think I'm saying that right, right. Um yeah who uh, will belong uh, to the United Kingdom. And because most of the people not in the North are Catholic, there was kind of a, a religious aspect to it. It was pretty much if you're a Protestant, then you're, you're not a unionist. And so that's where you had this IRA. And people were basically fighting for many, many years, decades, killing each other, killing their children. And it all settled down. You know, they, um, and I've been watching many, many news reports um, after, this, uh, after two soldiers were killed. Uh, and uh, another policeman was shot uh, a day later uh, by professional assassins, it appears. More interesting is that the police at the checkpoint uh, and at at the Army uh, barracks, as well as uh, uh, the other incident that took place, no one fired back, which I find amazing. You know, like 80 bullets being riddled into these poor kids, two kids who were being shipped off to Afghanistan, um, and no one shot back. And, and I'm just wondering, are they maybe trying to start some shit, and they being the evil shadow uberlords, trying to start some shit so that they can ram this uh, Lisbon Treaty through? Oh, you, that, that's a good hookup. You know what I'm saying? I like that. You know yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I was wondering about this thing myself. I, and there's this thing they keep showing when I was watching this again on the – I think this was on World News Focus again that, that – 
thing I talked about earlier. Uh, I was watching this story, and they kept one of the things they kept doing was they kept showing uh, videos of the new logo, which isn't IRA anymore. It's CIRA, the continuous IRA. Right, and then the, and it has a picture of a guy holding an AK forty seven. Something looks very much like a, a stencil. Then it then the stencil looks professionally designed, and it looks to reflect. It looks as though it reflects like a, a Muslim style of militancy in terms of its image, which means that it's obviously going to be tar- you know targeted as a terrorist thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know where these images if there was if this so called very, very even yeah. exists. Yeah, yeah. Whether they're going to be uh, targeted as you know whether the whole thing is just designed to get this maybe this treaty passed or who knows. But I mean, the whole thing may be phony. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's, it's a good plot for a cheap movie. And just to respond to um, the chat room, uh, I'm not against the European Union. I think most Europeans really like that we, uh, even the money being the same, we can kind of deal with. And I think people like doing interstate commerce. Uh, but I have read through the Lisbon Treaty and I've read all of the protocol uh, attachment documents. It's spread out and it's full of crap and it essentially makes it legal for you to be killed if you resist arrest. I mean, there's a whole bunch of crap in there that we don't want. So I'm against that part of the European Union, yes. Um, I've got so much, John. So I just run through it, well, and, you, and you stop. Yeah, yeah. And... Hit, hit me now. You go, go for it. Okay. Um, so um... I have some clips for the next show. By the way, oh, I want to you play. send them to me, and then I can play them. Because one of the things that I've noticed as you're going through your notes is that there are, you know, we as the reason that we beg for money is because we're going to be a publicly funded. Uh, that's the only reason we can. That we don't have to worry about anything if we can do that. So Dvorak.org/na. New no, uh, no agenda library dot com. Okay, well, obviously we're going to go into competition here and see who gets the most links. Just, but anyway, which is okay. Hey, so who, anyway, who's the manager in this new organization? Who, who's the who's the chief a, marketing a, officer? Uh, this is a flat organization. There, we're it's a Swedish <laughs> in style. We don't have you any and manager. me, baby. You we and make me. each other coffee. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, the point. Anyway, I've got a clip of some show they play on Link that is supposedly is similar. They they claim to be you know the the, the alternative uh, to the regular mainstream media. And I'm telling you, our our contributions are a little skyrocketing when you hear this stuff. So good. I'm just well, warning you for next week. Okay, good. Uh, so I'm just going to run down some stuff, okay? And you just say stop. Uh, so, of course, we had a horrible... Uh, well, we had two shootings. Um, please pay no attention to uh, anything else but uh, these shootings. Horrible in Germany. Um, at least 10 people dead, most of them young girls at a school. And then, of course, Alabama, we had a guy go on a rampage. Um, you know that uh, the U.S. Uh, military is now on the streets of Alabama. No, I didn't. Yes, uh, and I have several the, links. The, wait a minute. Hold on a second. They, they shot and killed the guy. Yeah. Oh, no, he killed himself. I'm sorry. He, he, he he's killed dead. himself. So yes. why do we have any military presence? Uh, just to he's prove dead. you the guy's wrong. dead. No, hey, hello. no, 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 no. Because now, of course, because of course, this is already the discussion is coming up. This is to get us to give up our guns. That's why this is taking place. Or let's it's be, let's let me put it this way: it's being misused immediately. So the troops are going to go door to door and start taking away guns. But troops on the streets in Alabama. There's news everywhere um, that uh, that will show you pictures, and uh, that's not supposed to happen. I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think it's in the uh, Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Yeah, this uh, is what George of, the Third used to do. Kind of illegal is uh, is what we call that. 
space shuttle delayed. I told you that would happen. Once again, it was supposed to launch yesterday. It's been delayed. Uh, they say because... You didn't tell me that was going to happen. Yes, I did. It was uh, totally. It was in context of the space war going on with the satellites. And I told you that there's so much debris, they cannot even launch the shuttle. So they're not launching. Again, it's been delayed, they say, because of some leak or whatever. All right. Don't make me go back and pull the, pull the archives. Now, I don't want to listen to the show again, so never mind. I'll take your <laughs> word for it. We had another uh, mishap, a... Uh, a plane uh, taking off from LaGuardia had to make an emergency landing after uh, I think the number two or number one engine went out. It actually dropped bits onto uh, onto some homes in uh, I guess Brooklyn, maybe Queens. Uh, everyone landed uh, safe. Uh, a lot of Boeing problems. More and more Boeing problems uh, taking place, and there's a huge order coming up uh, from Air France KLM, who will uh, who are now trying to decide whether it will be Airbus or Boeing. Well, let me b- bring up an interesting story then. So I'm coming back. I was in Wisconsin at a group, uh, META, as an educational t- technology association of teachers. I was giving a speech in Madison, Wisconsin, really good group of people. So I come back and I go to Chicago to take my connection back to San Francisco. And, and it's a 747, which I have not flown on for at least two years. I haven't been on 747s for a long mm-hmm. time. And, you know, it's just a, the seats are bigger. Do you know what model? Do you know, do you know what model? 400. 400, okay. So the seats are bigger. It's got the big upstairs. It's got, you know, it's comfortable. I was in business. and But first class is beautiful. This business class is comfortable. There's, a, you know, they've got a lot of galaxies. And the plane, of course, is the best riding plane there ever has been built. I mean, Sheet smooth, metal and rivets, baby. It rocks. No plastic planes. Smooth as silk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just feel comfortable in the thing. It's wonderful. So I go back in the, in, the, in the back, and I talk to one of the stewardesses, and I said, wow, this is, why, what's this, why, are we, why are we in the seven? And by the way, the plane was full. Really? There's maybe oh, wow. 10, 20 seats that were available. It was on mm-hmm. a five, about 440, I think it holds. She says, oh, I said, why are we in the 747? This is great. I said, are they flying this all the time? Because, you know, I've 737s are down for maintenance, right? She says basically what she says. You know, they've been trying yeah. to get these things uh, mothballed and put in the desert for years. We only yeah. have about two or three left, but the other ones keep breaking down. Yep. Yeah. And we have to keep flying these as though it's like you know we have to keep flying these because at least because they're reliable. Because at least they fly. Yeah. And at least they fly, but the yeah. other junkers apparently are you know dr- you know in in for repairs all the time. So I've been following all of the the, the professional pilot forums and a couple of things that are noticeable. One is that uh, we're seeing all kinds of issues with Boeing aircraft. At least that you know that's what people are focusing on maybe, but that that's uh, coming to the top, particularly this altimeter problem. Uh, this happens all the time. And by the way, it's not its not the reason for the crash. If that's really what happened, the altimeter right, right. failed. We, got, we did that. We did that. It's not the reason yep. for the crash. Um, now they've come out with a directive towards the 777, which I said they should ground the entire fleet until they uh, figured this out. This is the uh, British Airways Boeing that landed short uh, at Heathrow. And uh, everyone survived, but uh, someone, you know, a couple broken legs here and there, and it was a it look, you know, it was very, very lucky situation. But same thing happened there. You know, a lot of this happens on finals, where uh, all of a sudden there was no thrust left. So it turns out, yeah, there might be something with the fuel uh, overflow uh, heating mechanism. Uh, hey, everyone who has one of these Boeing's, you should uh, install that. So thank you again. I think the fleet should have been grounded. Um, they've got. Uh, just tons and tons of issues, and I might point out that uh, several weeks after the the, cra- the Turkish Airlines crash at Schiphol, 
Pilots are still arguing about what caused this crash. And it's mainly because no real information has been released. You know, no real data from the flight recorder, no no transcripts from the cockpit voice recorder. Um, and the lawsuits are just simmering. There's a lot going on there. A lot of shit that is just not coming to the to the top. And to, to the kicker, the kicker, America's favorite pilot, Chelsea Sully Sullenberger, has landed a two-book deal worth more than $3 million. I guess that's, uh, there you go. There's your uh, payout. Exactly right. His, uh, his one book will be a biography. The second book will be a book of poems. $3 million. What? <laughs> yeah, a book of poems. Look, I'll do this for you guys, but i got to do some I gotta poetry. i got to do a poetry. I've always wanted to be a poet. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so okay, let me just read something before people who are on, you know, listen to us live. Actually, while the no agenda is going on, the crew of the space station was evacuated or something due to debris just moments ago. <laughs> Gee, yeah, debris in the space where the war is taking place. That's exactly right. All right, let me move along, John, because, you know, we want to keep time within check. Um, I did watch the the big CNBC interview of Warren Buffett, which happened earlier this week. Oh, I missed that. Oh, it was fantastic. If this guy said financial Pearl Harbor one more time, I was going to turn Japanese. Unbelievable. And no one, no one, no one asked the question, if it really is a financial Pearl Harbor, Mr. Buffett, who's playing the role of the Japanese? No one asked the question. Jamie Dimon, who I think is the, this is the new up and coming man. Keep your eye on Jamie Dimon. He is, he is worshipped. Uh, he is the, of course, the CEO of JP Morgan, who acquired Bear Stearns. Now he's doing all these big policy speeches. He says, literally, in front of, um, I think it was Senate or Congress, one of these summits in Washington, we are at war, a financial war. They keep talking about war. It is a financial 9 11. But why doesn't anyone call the enemy then? No one calls these guys on these statements. It's ridiculous. To use this type of language and not to... Uh... Yeah, at war with who? Yeah. Ourselves? With the bankers? But against who? The public? The public versus the bankers? What is this war? No, no, those guys are at war. We're just caught in the middle. We're collateral damage. We're just, yeah, they are at war with each other. Yeah, that's what's going on. Porn causes uh, porn addiction causes brain damage. How does that work? Well, it was a study done in poke uh, yourself at the magazine. <laughs> Ouch, my head. <laughs> well, would you like to? Uh, do you want to hear the piece? It's a news piece from uh, NBC. In where the hell are these guys? Do I really have a choice? Well, you do. Oh, we, could just, we can listen to just a little piece of it, just to listen how funny it is, because. Uh, Right here in San Antonio found breaking a porn addiction could be as difficult as breaking a drug addiction. News 4 WOAI's Ryan O'Donnell talks to a neurosurgeon here who says watching porn is causing brain damage. 
you know, th- this is, of course, we need to filter this so that we don't get brain damage. It's something that's typically done behind closed doors. But now, a new study done here in San Antonio opens them to reveal watching pornography is as addictive as cocaine, meth, oh. and alcohol. We have a hijack. You really want to hear the whole thing? Well, this is interesting. Did you notice the interesting propaganda slip in there? It's as addictive as cocaine, cocaine. and alcohol. Hmm. This is San, always a, San Antonio, we, Texas. Yeah, there's because there's always a bunch of temperance people lurking in the background, and you to can jump see on that this shit. alcohol in here. Yeah, and you got your brain damage, you got your cocaine, you, you got, got your porn, you got, you got your, your alcohol. Yeah, as cocaine, meth. And alcohol. Meth. We have a hijacking, so to speak, Meth. of that natural pleasure system in the brain. Mm. Dr. Donald Hijack Hilton me, discovered bitch. the frontal lobe of the brain shrinks in people who are addicted to porn. Okay. Did you hear? <laughs> the frontal lobe of your brain shrinks if you're addicted to porn? <laughs> It sure. <laughs> well, it makes sense. You know, uh, something else is growing, so it might make sense of <laughs> right. something you're shrinking. That's because you're losing blood, blood flow to the brain. <laughs> A common problem, especially if you're me. Found in drug addicts and alcoholics. He says it affects a person's judgment, causing them to be easily agitated and impulsive. The frontal lobe. I can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> Because I have all those symptoms. This is what passes for news. <laughs> news. That's news, ladies this, and gentlemen. This, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is why you there have you to go. support this show at Dvorak.org slash N-A. Noagendalibrary.com. Um, this AIG thing is, I'm just going to rush through this. We don't have to really dwell on this too long. But now now Bloomberg is, is really reporting the actual, you know, almost proof that uh, AIG, you know, th- this is where the trillions, maybe hundreds of trillions of dollars are uh, are all holed up, and um, and and this is where all you know bailout after bailout, more money is going to have to go in this just to keep everything afloat, in particular European banks. Um, there was a another story that came out that uh, AIG basically uh, swindled. Well, let's just call it swindled a uh, half a trillion in the UK alone. Uh, in the last month, one trillion dollars has been taken out of the UK. <laughs> wow. It's over. What yeah. are these guys doing with all this money? Yeah, that's the, I mean, we have a bunch the, of people who have basically st- stolen the money. They have stolen all the money from. Well, just, just look at those yachts, man. I mean, that, those yachts cost a lot of money. You know, you got your two well, helicopters. I, well, you know, the yachts I don't have a, a problem with because they get that's it, it, it recycles the money because you have to buy the yacht. Somebody has to make the yacht. There's got to be a big crew of people on the yacht. It, it well, uses, okay. So in general, I'm pretty sure that a lot of this money gets recycled. You know, unless they're putting it into gold and stuff. So it is coming back in in a weird kind of way. Well, I guess they're living it up on those boats. You think? How can we never get invited into these boats? <laughs> well, they come into the bay all the time. <laughs> I never get like in there. Hey, John, why don't you? I like you, and I've been reading you, or whatever. Because we're obviously in the wrong milieu here, mm-hmm. and it's like, where, where's my invite to the yacht party? It's the dockside. I don't want to go out on the yacht, but you know, this this like never happens. Well, that's because that's where the the real business is done. Out of this, we're, this is ridiculous. <laughs> There's no reason for that. That's where all the real business is done, and of course, we're not invited to that. Absolutely. Uh, all right, next. Next. Oh man, I have so much. Okay. 
Well, so you can save some for Sunday if you if it if it has well, any it, legs. The thing is, it, 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 a lot of this stuff it's really important. That I and even last week's show, I'm like, oh man, I just all this stuff I forgot, I didn't talk about, and I and I, I put it all in the because I just save all my links and I save it in the show notes. But we would have to do a five hour show to literally get through everything. You know, um, Kazakhstan has proposed uh, a new world currency. I think Land of Borat deserves some props for that. And uh, they have a name for it, which, which I'm bringing is? up. It's the Akmetal. Oh, yeah, that's going to fly. Check it out. What? So you spell it A-C-M-E-T-A-L. A-C? Alpha Charlie Mike Echo Tango Alpha Lima. A combination of Acme, a Greek word meaning the peak or the best, and capital, Akmetal. It sounds like something from the Roadrunner cartoon. It does. That's why I laughed about it. It's like Acme Corp. Okay, you know that's got to be a nasty business. And then there's uh, this other one that someone, the Terra. This is um, the Trade Reference Currency, TRC. A new current currency privately issued by the TRC Alliance with a built-in circulation incentive that could play a significant role in getting the world out of recession. Yeah, good luck. What's this? It's uh, someone trying to start a new money system. There's lots of this out there. Huh. The Terra. That would sound kind of good as a, as a... How many Terras you got? I got, <laughs> a, got a Terra and I, I, I got, got a Firma. Yeah, and then we could have uh, like, uh, hey man, I got a boulder at home. Or what you got on you? I Just a couple you pebbles. You got a boulder at home. You've, been, you've obviously <laughs> been looking at a lot of porn. <laughs> so, um, all right. One more. Only one? Okay, two more. Don't you have any notes? Why, why bother? Because maybe you have something different that I didn't touch on. No, no, I've, I've, I'm already spent. Well, I, let me just look at my, I got a print. No, my printout, uh, the only thing I have left is a printout of the. Uh, so we, we keep promising ourselves we'll talk about the, Mexico. Which the, we, we the, the avoiding over. mass extinctions engine. And it's a, it's a platform that seeks to track the energy consumption of everything. The goal is to make energy consumption and carbon footprints open sourced so that we may become more responsible for them and hold others accountable as well. Gavin Stark spoke at ET Tech about why we need to care about our energy identity. These are all buzzwords. That an energy identity, mass extinctions engine, how to take advantage, how to take ownership of our energy identity and the possible future scenarios we hope to avoid by embracing and reducing our consumption. Hmm. Meanwhile, these guys have those yachts. <laughs> exactly. So there's this movement, and this was a speech given uh, in San Jose by some uh, generic-looking person who is one of those uh, uh, unisex-looking guys. Uh, you know, it wouldn't take much, you know, a dress, boom, girl. Um, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, it's you. talking about this, you know, this we need to open source. So we, we all, you know, in other words, you carry around a, you know, like a, a badge or a, something in your wallet that tells you what a what an energy hog you are. A downloadable, a downloadable I badge. I, I'm disgusted by these things. We haven't got enough trouble. You know, so we we just had the electricians here. And uh, the you know finishing up putting some lights and Patricia of course you can't buy normal light bulbs anymore and we have we do have a lot of lights particularly for chandeliers and so now you have to get these blasted uh, energy efficient Al Gore mercury bombs and uh, do you know that that uh, Patricia didn't look 
at what she bought. She just, you know, like, whatever, just buy something that looks like it might be, might have a nice glow to it and kind of looks aesthetic, which none of these, almost none of these uh, energy-saving lamps filled with mercury have. Uh, but now we have one outside. After a number of hours, it shuts itself off automatically. Yeah, so what's wrong with that? I, I can't buy a light that will let will allow me to decide when the light is on or off. If you leave what it, if you want one that shuts off automatically. Well, I mean, I have bulbs. I want to mention this. There used to be these energy efficient bulbs before the fluorescent ones done by Philips. They had a very peculiar shape. They were. I bought a bunch of them for this house when I first moved into it, which was like over ten years ago. And these bulbs still work. But the key to them is that they turn themselves off after twenty minutes. Yeah, but what's the point? I want an outside light to be on so, you know, so that when someone approaches, there's a light. Oh, yeah, no, the outside light, if you want it on, it should be on. But that's why my point. You, why, did you, why did you buy that one? Because I think it's getting harder to buy ones that don't. Oh. But does it have a little motion sensor so if somebody no, approaches, no, the light no, goes no, on? No, 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 no. Just after a while, it just decides to go out. <clears throat> we, that's not good. And there's another one we got that goes half speed. It suddenly, it goes from bright to dim. Hmm. And this is just whatever well, she picked up. She was just trying to pick up regular light bulbs. Can't get them anymore. Just can't get them. I'll have somebody ship you some. Uh, 220 volts? Oh, yeah. Maybe a problem. Um, if you're really just interested, in, we should just... We don't have any real news, because I had a jingle for a real news. Don't you have a Britney Spears item or something that people uh, really um, are interested in? Uh, you know, you, not you mentioned, I'm going to try to do a Britney Spears story Hold every on. time, every show. And now, back to real news. <laughs> Hit <laughs> me with your Britney Spears. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I, now that I know, since you never mentioned it to me, now that I know you need a real news item about really important stuff like Britney Spears or Madonna or any one of these women, uh, I'll make sure to have something available. Because everyone I see in the chat room is moaning about the fact, oh, John's never got any notes. Why does Adam even ask? <laughs> John's just an, he just sits there and Adam does all the work. These are your fans on this stupid thing. No, I think there's some JCD fans there. One. So here's the counterparties. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, CNN knows all the uh, knows fifteen of the AIG counterparties. So just just to break it down one more time, just because it's so disgusting how they're taking our money and giving it. And it's my money, too. I pay taxes in the United States. So uh, they have to pay out on these bogus insurance deals they did for these bogus <clears throat> non-existent uh, financial products. So the hundred and what is it, 180 billion now that's gone into AIG? That's <clears throat> ridiculous. It's some huge number. Gone to Societe Generale, French. Goldman Sachs, of course. Merrill Lynch, now part of uh, Bank of America. Deutsche Bank, Germany. Uh, Credit Agricole, Clay Calion in France, UBS, Switzerland, Barclays, England, Coral Purchasing, DZ Bank, Germany, Bank of Montreal, Canada, Rabobank, the Netherlands, Royal Bank of Scotland, Bank of America, Wachovia, and HSBC, another fine English institution. So that's how it works. Take your money and then give it to foreigners. That's okay. I'm I'm not against helping out the foreigners, but the, maybe we should get the same credit we got in World War II. You know, instead of uh, hiding it. 
Well, I think the public isn't. But you're hiding it not because we're looking for credit like we had in World War Two. You're saying. hiding it because it's like what? Yes, is the you know real reason. All, All right. right, my friend, I think that's it. Other than uh, I thought it was just kind of funny that uh, Obama's wiki page, whenever someone puts something up about, uh, which are just true facts about questions about his uh, his birthplace and his birth certificate, it's uh, it's taken off immediately within like a minute. Yeah, no, the Wikipedia uh, uh, has uh, politically uh, oriented itself. Uh, I mean, the same thing happens on the uh, site where, where insane people, apparently now they're categorized as insane, put up <laughs> mentally, anything. Mentally insane. Mentally insane as opposed to physically. Um, <laughs> that put up anything about, the, you know, the global uh, climate change debate yeah. at all. Yeah, uh, any you, get banned. you get banned from Wikipedia. Yeah, you get banned. So, so that's part of a system, systematic. Uh, well, you know, it's because you know these deniers, and the, the, to equate this, and I find it very abhorrent, by the way, to equate uh, this with Holocaust deniers uh, is wrong. Is unbelievable to me, uh, and I think uh, a signal that something is a miss. I think that's a fine analysis of the world today, John. Something is amiss. We need a we need a jingle for that. Something is amiss in the morning. <laughs> Something is amiss. Could someone please make that jingle? That'd be great. Whew. Thank God I don't have to wait uh, as long. It's a shorter wait from Thursday to Sunday. You find this the, the length from Sunday to Thursday to be annoying? Yes, it's it's one day too long. I could do this. I could do three shows a week, easy. We could do three shows a week, but we don't have the money to do it, and it's just not going to happen. Because something's got to give, right? I mean, if if we're doing three shows a week, then yeah, something really has to give. I mean, I've already no, given up. We had that because now it's a job. We can kind of do this, you know, <laughs> yeah. twice a week. It's still a little more work than I like. And you're not doing. Do and you're not doing anything. You're just getting up. All you have to do is breathe. <laughs> I mean, look at look at the job you're doing. Hey, I'm, well I'm done. Good. I'm, I'm like I'm like a punching bag for you. You know, I'm like a sparring partner. You know, you yes, you to, are. That's true. That's true. So you're sparring away. You know, or you're hitting a ball, and I'm you know I'm like the tennis pro bouncing it back to you, but I'm not really playing. Um, whatever. Uh, it becomes a job, and we'd probably need some staff to do it right because of you know you can you know you only take notes for so much stuff. It's just not going to happen for at least two years. But look at it this way. You know, you can give your money to the globalists and have them distribute it. Uh, and maybe there's a very, very small chance that some of your money will actually come back and uh, help someone who's building a, a yacht. Or you could uh, donate it to the library and we'll put people to work. We'll put people on the payroll. Noagendalibrary.com. Noagendadrop.com. And, of course... NoAgendaStream.com in the future, which I hope worked for everybody. Uh, I will next week or on Sunday mention there were just a number of people that donated fifty, fifty, and a hundred dollars. Thank you. And I will we will mention them. Anyone who doesn't want to be mentioned, please. Hopefully, you're listening. You yeah. Know, Say at the end don't of the mention. Show. But me. tell us that you don't want to be mentioned. But I, I'm looking at the typical. Uh, uh, I don't see anything here that you know they're. 
people's names are somewhat generic. But you also have one. Somebody sent us forty-five dollars, which I found peculiar. But okay, doesn't matter. It's probably what they could give, and it's appreciated. Yeah, no, that's good. But it just is a, there's a there's some really odd numbers in here that just I'm, it's like code, you know. Because you know, my wife likes to do. This. She she'll donate a certain six, amount. Six, six. <laughs> Sixty-six dollars like, and sixty-six like, like thirty-one. <laughs> and then when it comes to when the check comes through, she oh that was to such you know she'll have the thirty-two would be somebody else. Uh. Um, I don't know. I just think people do that. Anyway, hey. so we're going to mention your names uh, prominently. Yeah. Uh, you know who you are. And it's, I got the list right here, so we'll do that on Sunday. And it's highly don't appreciated. Forget. And we do appreciate all the uh, help that yeah. you've uh, – all the people that have uh, subscribed all or right. donated. The, uh, the research continues because there's something amiss. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley. We'll be back with no agenda.